Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read through verse 11. Paul writing says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. He goes on to say, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the, by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, there are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God that works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. You remember we talked a couple weeks ago about that word manifestation. It means a shining forth. The definition I left with you was clear evidence. The manifestation of the gifts are clear evidence that God is alive. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I love the way the message translates that last verse. It says it this way, he decides who gets what and when. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be in the presence of the Most High God, to recognize that as we open your word, you fill this place with your wisdom, with your power, with your grace, and with your mercy. I pray for those under the sound of my voice, whether they be in the house or online, whether they're here today or they watch in the days, the weeks, the months, even the years ahead. I pray that you will convince and convict them of your person, of your reality, of your ability. And I pray that in this room this morning, anyone who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior will make the decision through the urging of the Holy Spirit to ask you for forgiveness and see their lives change. And now I pray specifically for those individuals who are hearing or will hear this message who have been taught to believe that the gifts of the Spirit died with the apostles. I pray for a strong power of the Holy Ghost to touch their hearts and to change their lives, to bring them to a point of faith and understanding where they will leave this place after hearing this message and declare, those are for today and God will use me. I pray faith arise in the heart of your people and then in this room this morning we see the gifts of the Spirit operating. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Last week was a powerful time, was it? Powerful time as God, Holy Spirit met us in this room. Here's the danger we face often as human beings. We want God to do today what he did last week. But I want to tell you, Holy Spirit is a river. He flows where he wills. He's not stagnant. He doesn't stay in one place. He's like the wind. He blows where he desires. 
If you and I set up shop and build a camp on last week, we're going to miss what he wants to do today. See, and that's the problem with many folks. We remember what he used to do rather than stepping into what he wants to do. I'm here to challenge you this morning to put last week behind you. Yes, we're thankful. Yes, we give him praise. Yes, we honor him for it. But we are not there anymore. The clock has moved. The calendar has turned. The days have passed. And it's time to move into what God's calling you to do. To step to that place where he's fresh, he's new, he's mighty, he's amazing. Every single time. Every single day. I received a couple of testimonies from last week. One of them I'm going to read to you. And uh, I'm going to just call you out, brother. You said I could, so I'm going to do it. Rob, right down here, sent me this on Monday morning. He said, I want to thank you for allowing Holy Spirit to flow at church, for allowing him to truly guide and show us, not just telling us. I'm still in a state of amazing awe. I love that phrase, amazing awe. I'm still in a state of amazing awe. I haven't felt an awakening like that before, and it's brought ideas, thoughts, and emotions that I don't even know what to say. You know, my prayer is that every time you leave this place, you're so overwhelmed by the presence of God that you're speechless. And you don't know what to say. All you can say is, my God is so good. Why don't you come and taste and see? He's mighty and he's wonderful. He's gracious and he's powerful. But here's the problem with Pentecostals. We try to duplicate what God has done rather than pressing in to where God wants us to be. As I was preparing for this message, I recognized, and I have many times in the past, that over the years of my walk with Jesus, he's used me in all nine of these gifts, different times, different places, different needs. And I could tell you stories of those things. I could recite to you the miracles that have occurred, the lives that have been changed. But Holy Spirit convicted me because he said, I don't want them following you and what you experienced. I want them following me and what I will give them. So this morning, the illustration I'm going to give you of these messages are direct from the Word of God. You have the outline in your handout this morning. I put it in there because there's so much to share with you. You need to be able to go back and reflect upon it. I'm not going to read every one of those scriptures or even refer to them. They're there so that this afternoon or tomorrow, you can go back and open the Bible and say, Ah, oh, this what this is mean. That's how Jesus did this. I now understand because the Word of God makes it clear. You remember in this series, we've talked about two things today. Number one, that God is personal to each one of us. He doesn't do for you what He does for someone else. He deals with you individually. Matter of fact, in the passage of Scripture we just read, it says Holy Spirit distributes individually as we need. He deals with us as individuals. We're His unique creations. So there is no way that I should do what you do or that I should expect what happened to you to happen to me because God is greater than that. Get him out of that little box that says it has to be this way because that's what I've experienced. He's personal. Number two, Holy Spirit gives us power. He gives us power and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And then today, number three, God gives gifts to the believers in order to communicate his power to the world. Now, I want to say that one more time. God gives gifts. 
We're reading about the gifts of the Holy Ghost, right? In 1 Corinthians 12, God gives gifts to believers to enable them to communicate his power to the world. This is going to blow some of your minds. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were not made to only be demonstrated in a sanctuary. The gifts of the Holy Spirit go with you so that no matter where you're at, what you're encountering, what you're doing, what the need may be that rises before you, he gives to you the gift in order to meet the need. What am I saying to you? I'm saying you can pray for somebody in Publix and they can be healed. I'm saying to you, you can find someone who's desperate and in need, who's working with you and they don't have a way out and God will give you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge and you'll speak into their spirit and suddenly, because they downloaded from God, their lives change. The mistake so many believers make is that it only happens in the church. That's nonsense. Many of us never receive the power of God because we never move beyond the place of God bless me to the place of God use me. And until you make that shift in your mentality, you will never be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. From God bless me, God bless me, God I need, God please, to God use me. I humble myself before you. Use me. I don't have the ability. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the expertise. God, use me to bring change in this situation. We have to move beyond blessing to power. Beyond blessing to power. And until we do, we will never experience the power that's unwrapped as these gifts operate in the lives of believers. Last Sunday morning, powerful things happened. I heard testimony after testimony. I'll just share two very quickly with you because this is what happens when the gifts of the Spirit operate. One individual was completely healed last Sunday morning, unable to sleep two nights before, but Sunday morning God touched them. The pain, the discomfort was gone. Another individual who had been struggling with a particular devastating habit was touched by God. The demonic influence over that individual's life was broken. They were set free, and now they're living on the path God has called them to live. I can go on and on and on, but I don't have time to tell you all the stories. All I can tell you is praise God Almighty. He showed up and did something. And if you and I expect that every service, guess what? He'll always show up and do something. But not in the same way. Not in the same fashion, not in the same form. So let's talk about these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You say, nine? How are you going to get through that in 40 minutes? Well, I'm going to do my best. You help me out, all right? Number one, there are gifts of revelation, gifts of power, gifts of inspiration. The first gift of revelation is a word of wisdom. It's a spiritual utterance supernaturally disclosing the mind, the purpose, and the way of God as applied to a specific situation, a word of wisdom. It's a fragment of God's wisdom given to you and I, God's guidance for a specific situation. You can find that illustrated throughout the life of Jesus Christ. Matthew 22, verses 16 through 22, the centurion came to him and said, my servant is sick, speak the word and he'll be healed. Jesus said, I'll go with you. He said, no, you don't need to go with me. You can say it and it's going to be done. And in that moment of time, the word of wisdom was operating in Jesus' life. So when he spoke that word, the servant was healed. 
Acts chapter 6, verse 3, the disciples had a problem. They didn't know how to resolve. And God gave them, through the word of wisdom, the answer and the solution to that problem. Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 21, there was a dissension arising in the New Testament church. Some believe that every new convert, even though they weren't Jews, they were Gentiles, should be subjected to the laws of Judaism. But Paul and Peter said, no, that's not going to happen. And through a word of wisdom, reconciliation occurred in that division, and the church advanced and marched forward. You'll see it again and again, how to think about a situation, how to respond in a situation, what to do concerning a certain problem, the word of wisdom. Who wouldn't desire this gift? That's my question. Who wouldn't desire this gift? Number two is a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is a supernatural impartation of facts in the past, present, or future. It's a partial impartation of facts, not the total. And these facts we have no way of knowing in the natural. Let me share a word of knowledge that was given to me this week. Matter of fact, many of you who are on the intercessory prayer team received this from Amy. I'm just quoting a part of it. She says, because the outpouring comes through time spent with me, speaking of the Father, this requires that you be in a place of surrender. It's a direction, and the direction is humility. You cannot shine, speaking of your own ability, in this season, because it takes my glory, my light, my shine through you. Your light will only be a hazard to others, causing casualties. You must navigate this season in full humility. That's a word of knowledge. We need to understand that God speaks to us, enables us a portion of fact of what he wants done. Examples of that are Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 47. Philip came to Jesus and he went to get his brother Nathaniel. And Jesus, when he came, said to him, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. That's a word of knowledge. The woman at the well, John chapter 4. Jesus, she said, I want this living water that you're speaking of. And Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you spoke well because you don't. You've had five and the guy you're living with is not your husband. And then she went on to say to the men of her city, come and see the one who's told me everything I ever did. That's a word of knowledge. Luke chapter 19, Jesus said to his disciples just before the crucifixion, Go to this place and this city at this place and bring the young donkey, the colt, to me. They didn't know how he knew. He just knew. They went and sure enough, it was there. And they brought it so he could ride into Jerusalem on that donkey. A word of knowledge. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Read the story of Peter confronting Ananias and Sapphira who were lying to the Holy Ghost. He didn't know that they had sold that property for a different price than what they were saying, but the Spirit of God showed him through a word of knowledge. Ananias goes to pray for Saul. Acts chapter 9, he didn't want to do it, but God gave him a word of knowledge that gave him the courage to go face the persecutor. Now listen to me. Satan will often attempt to imitate this particular gift of the Spirit. Often, he does it. So well, how does he do that? He does it through clairvoyance. He does it through tarot card readings. He does it through palm reading. He does it through seances. He does it through Ouija boards. By the way, if you've got one in your house, you need to take that thing out and burn it right now. 
You're just opening the door for the devil to bring destruction into your home. He does it through psychics. Oh, pastor, you don't think psychics are real? No, I know they're real. But you know who's talking to them? It's not the Spirit of God. It's demons that are talking to them. So if you want to take advice for your life from the devil, from demons, go right ahead. But it's going to bring you to destruction for certain. Love the way you're shouting now. How about this one, horoscopes? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know there are people in this room and watching online who read the horoscope every single day, wondering, will it be a good day or a bad day? I've got news for you. Tear that thing up, cancel your subscription, and begin reading the Word of God every morning, and you'll find there is a sure word, there is direction, there is hope through the Spirit of God, anointing His Word in and over your life. So, well, that's pretty strong. It's not strong enough. Believers should not be involved with things of the occult. Everything that I just described has its origin in the pit of hell, and Satan uses it to emulate, to try to replace the Spirit of God. Don't fall for that nonsense. Come on, believers, it's time to grow up. Thank you, Pastor Isaiah. You and me are in agreement. I'm going to say it again. It's time to grow up. Move aside those childish things and move to the meat of the word where you can grow in him. As long as you leave a door open for the devil to come in. So it's just a small crack. I got news for you. Give him a crack. He's going to kick the thing open and he's going to control and devastate your life. The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. It's time to shut the door on that nonsense. I'm going to say it one more time. Clairvoyance, tarot cards, palm reading, seances, Ouija boards, psychics, horoscopes, all are tools that the devil used to imitate this gift of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but this is a strong warning to you. You need to get away from that or you will be destroyed. You wonder why things are always going downhill in your life? It's because you continue to deal with and play with the works of the devil. Jesus said, I have come to destroy the works of the devil. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to draw a line in the sand and say, we will not be involved in that. We will stand for righteousness and holiness and purity and for the Holy Ghost moving in our lives. Stop it. Gift of the word of knowledge. Allowing you to have a portion of God's knowledge in a situation. Who wouldn't desire this gift? Number three, discerning of spirits. Now let me say first and foremost, this is not the gift of suspicion. Because there's a lot of folks that have tried to call this gift a gift of the spirit because someone offended them, so I discern something. Somebody hurt your feelings, so I discern something. That is not what the Word of God is talking about. You just need to suck it up. I can't believe you just said that. If you know me, you can believe it. You see, you need to understand that as long as you're walking in shoe leather, interacting with human beings, whether they're Christians or unbelievers, at times you're probably going to get your feelings hurt. 
And if you are so fragile, you can't handle that, you need to come back to the altar and say, God, one more time, grow a thick skin over me so I'm not moved by the words of man. I'm only moved by the Spirit of God. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Some of y'all need to get off social media because all you're doing is whining, groaning, and complaining. Well, I can't believe they haven't contacted me. Get over yourself. I never cease to be amazed at the immaturity of the body of Christ. Sometimes we act like a bunch of, and don't be offended, junior hires. It's a true statement. We act like a bunch of junior high kids. It's time to grow up, church. It's time to grow up, church. And let God use you. It is not the spirit of suspicion. Nor is it discernment as we know it. There is biblical discernment that is not the discerning of spirits. Biblical discernment is the ability to see life as God sees it. Biblical discernment is the ability to be led by Holy Spirit. Biblical discernment is the ability to apply common sense when acquired. If there's anything else we're short on in the church, it's common sense when God gives it to us. This is the gift of discerning of spirits. It's the ability to discern the spirit world. It's the ability to know if something is divine, if it's human, or if it's satanic. It deals with the origins and the motives of things happening around us. It's the ability to discern the spirit world. It's divine supernatural insight so you can know what's going on in the devil's plan. And in the spirit realm, when you discern that spirit, you can head him off with the past. Do you know why so many believers are broken, never live or walk in victory? Because they don't understand you can actually, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, discern what's happening and the motivation behind it in and over your life. And it's of the devil. You can step in the gap and say it ends today. You are not a victim. You're a victor. He has no reason to accuse you. He is under your feet. It's time for you and I to understand when we operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, we are not confounded or confused by events going on around us. We know whether the origin is of God, of man, or of the devil, and we can take authority as appropriate. Gifts of discerning of spirits. This gift enables us, equips us, empowers us, gives us wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, and the devil can't compete with that. No lie from the pit of hell will ever stand against the truth and the authority of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You see it in Mark chapter 9. Jesus has been praying. He came down where the disciples were at. There was a man who had a son. His son was demon-possessed. He said, your disciples couldn't help me. What did Jesus say? This kind comes only by fasting and prayer. He discerned the spirit in that boy and he cast it out. Very clear. Acts chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Paul was in Lystra. There was this little girl following them around and she was saying, these are servants of the most high God. After three days, Paul got fed up with it. 
Why? Was she saying something wrong? No, but it was the motivation behind what she was saying. Everybody in that city knew that she was used to as a fortune teller, so to speak. They knew the origins. Paul rebuked her. The spirit left her when that discerning of spirits began to work in his life. You see, the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits has the ability to aid the church, to set people free, to protect the integrity of what God is doing, and to help us win in spiritual warfare. Discerning of spirits operates just a little bit like a Geiger counter. It measures radiation. Well, this gift detects the motivation behind spiritual realities. The gift of discerning of spirits will become increasingly more important as we approach the end of the age. You remember the series I did recently on the last days? What was one of the signs? A spirit of deception and false teaching will flood the land. We need this gift in order to discern what's happening. To know the origin of what's going on around us. Who wouldn't desire this gift? And then we move to the gifts of power. The first one in the gifts of power, the gift of faith. Now we know about faith because God gives every man a measure of faith so we can believe in him. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We grow our faith by exposing ourselves to his word and to his spirit and watching him do things in our life. But this is separate from that. The gift of faith is actually a supernatural faith enabling a believer to believe God for the miraculous. And the gift of faith isn't here for a moment and then gone. The gift operates in our lives as long as there is a need and until the answer is seen. It doesn't leave, it doesn't lift, and it doesn't evaporate until the situation is resolved. I am going to give you one example, but it's not mine, it's this whole church. In April of 2017, we decided because the lender lied to us, we were going to pay them until they did what they would said, said they would do. A gift of faith enabled your leadership to stand in that place when everybody said it's never going to happen. Banks do not do that. It will never occur. Your leadership stood in that place operating in the gift of faith until 18 months later. Rather than writing off $3 million, they wrote off $5 million. Come on. The gift of faith operates until the answer occurs. Jesus, Matthew 8, chapter, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 29. Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 through 28. Acts chapter 6. The Bible says of Stephen, he was full of faith and power and did many wondrous works. The gift of faith working in him. Number two, the gifts of healings. Now, I want you to understand something. This gift varies in its manifestation. Doesn't always happen the same way. Doesn't always work the same way. Sometimes it happens when a person who is sick lays their hands on themselves and decrees the word of God and believes for healing. You know you can do that, right? You don't have to wait till Sunday or Wednesday to pray for healing. You don't have to call me to pray for healing. As a believer full of the Holy Ghost, you have right and access to walk in the gift of healing. Pray for yourself. If your loved one's in the hospital, pray for them. 
Watch God do marvelous things. It also operates by command. I got a great testimony. I was in a business on Thursday of this week, Friday of this week, I'm sorry. A lady who comes to this church was there. She saw me. She said, I got to tell you what happened. You told us last week that we can actually operate in the power of God. We don't have to call you. Let me tell you what happened. She said, I saw a guy, I was driving down the street, saw a guy fall over on the sidewalk, made a U-turn, went back. He was out cold. He was dead. There was no pulse. Someone was doing CPR, and I just started commanding him to live. I said, you will not die. You will live. I began commanding him to live. The paramedics were there. I was so loud, she said. They were turning around wanting to say to me, why don't you just shut up? She commanded him to live. They took him to the hospital, did a four-quadruple bypass. He and his wife called her last week, and said to her, you won't believe what God has done. He is completely healed because you commanded him to live. Sometimes that gift is commanded, but we're too shy to do that. Acts 3, 6, Peter didn't say to the lame man, if you want, you can get up and walk. If you will believe, you can walk. And what did he say? He took him by the hand. And he said, arise and walk. He commanded him to stand up and walk. The Bible says he lifted him. And when he lifted him, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he didn't walk. It says he went walking and leaping and praising God at the command through the gift of healing. Gift of healing can operate by anointing with oil and the prayer of the elders, James 5, 14. A gift of healing can operate by giving a person instructions. What do you mean? Well, read it. John chapter 9. Blind man came to Jesus. He made clay, put it over his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam and you will be able to see. That's exactly what occurred. Gift of healing. Who wouldn't desire this gift? Number three in this, this uh, particular gifts of power is the working of miracles. The literal, literal translation from the Greek is energies of power. Working of miracles is the ability given by the Spirit to do things that supersede the laws of nature. That supersede the laws of nature. Example, Matthew chapter 8. Jesus arose in the boat, spoke to the winds and the wave, and they ceased to do things that supersede the laws of nature. John chapter 2, the water was turned into wine, supersede the laws of nature. Raising Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11, superseding the laws of nature. When Peter said, how are we going to pay the temple tax? Jesus said, put your line out there, catch a fish. He's going to have a coin in his mouth and go pay the tax for both of us, superseding the laws of nature. How about when he had 5,000 people on the hillside and they were hungry. And he says to the disciples, you feed them. And they said, we don't have anything. We'll find what you do have, he said. They found a little boy that had five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, if you're not familiar with that culture, they weren't loaves of bread, they weren't loaves of bread. And they weren't fish, they were fish. And Jesus blessed it, break it, and told the disciples, distribute it. And what happened? They fed 5,000 men plus their women and children and picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, superseding the laws of nature. 
Now, what I'm about to tell you is going to blow some of your minds. You need to write this down and remember it. When the gift of working of miracles operates in your life, God will command you or ask you to do something that activates that gift. I just gave you all the biblical illustrations, every single one. When it was Nazareth, they had, or Lazarus, they had to roll away the stone. When it was the water into wine, they had to fill the jugs. When there was only uh, five loaves and two fish, they had to break it and distribute it. He will command you to do something sometimes in your noggin, it doesn't add up. But when you walk in God and walk in faith, you will do what he told you to do. And when you do it, then you see a miracle. To operate in this gift, we must do what God tells us to do before anything happens. Who wouldn't desire this gift? Then there are three gifts of inspiration. The first is the gift of prophecy. The word prophecy means to utter inspired words. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31, every believer can operate in this gift. Paul said each one of you can prophesy one by one. Every believer can exercise this gift. The purpose of a prophetic utterance is to, number one, edify the church to build up the church, to strengthen believers. Number two, to exhort believers, to stir us up, to confront us and to challenge us. That's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, stir up the gifts of God that are within you that are there by the laying on of hands, for you do not have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He's talking about verse 7 in the context of verse 6. Everybody can quote 2 Timothy 1, 7. For he has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We'll back it up and read verse 6. Stir up the gifts of God that are within you. Don't be afraid to use the gifts of God and to be used in the gifts of God because of what someone might say. I'm just coming home for some of you right now. You have felt the urging of the Holy Spirit time and again for him to use you in one of these gifts, but fear has held you back. What will they think of me? Who cares? So you've got to move to the place where obedience to God is more important than any other motivation in your life. And until you come to that place where obedience is your driving motivation, you will be shackled in fear. And you'll never move to the place where God will use you in his gifts. The third thing the gift of prophecy is for is to comfort or to encourage the body of Christ. You can see it in Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch, and a prophecy came forth for them to go, to be sent out, and you know the results. Acts chapter 21, at the end of Paul's ministry, he was at Philip's house. Philip's daughters were prophets, the scripture says says that a prophet took his belt and wrapped it around Paul's hands and said, you're going to go to Jerusalem bound to testify to the knowledge and the works and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some things about prophecy. It's not spooky. It doesn't alter your voice or change your appearance. That's the devil. Come on now. If you have to change your voice to speak a word of God, it's not from God, that's you. It's not spooky. 
A word of prophecy will never contradict the word of God. I need to say that one more time. A word of prophecy will never contradict the word of God. You know how many times I've had people come to me through the years I've been pastoring and say to me, this person, he or she, take your pick, said to me that I'm supposed to marry them, God told them. And I say, well, did God tell you? No. Well, then run. Come on, quit being silly. Come on. Judge the prophecy. It will never contradict the word of God. Number two, it always exalts Jesus Christ. It will never denigrate him. It will edify, exhort, and comfort the believers. It should be witnessed or identified as a word of prophecy by a majority of the believers. A word of prophecy, seen this happen too many times, will not break the spirit that God is leading us in in a public service. It may change the course, but it won't break what the Holy Spirit is doing. And if there is a predictive aspect, if it says this is going to happen, it better happen. Because if it doesn't come to pass, it's not from God. Who wouldn't desire this gift? The next is a gift of different kinds of tongues. Let me tell you why this gift is in the Scripture and why we should covet, desire this gift. The purpose of speaking in tongues is according to 1 Corinthians 14.4 for personal edification. Build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost for personal edification. If you're always down, if you're always blue, if you're never living in joy, my folks, you need to begin operating in this gift to build up your most holy faith and be encouraged through the Spirit of God. I, I, I really, I've got to say this. Too many believers are not at the place God wants them to be because they have cast this aside. Not for me. I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not charismatic. Why not? What are you afraid of? Why do you reject a portion of Scripture? It's time for the church to say, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you all. Come on, emulate the Apostle Paul. Secondly, it's a form of prayer. When we don't know what to pray or how to pray, the Spirit prays through us according to Romans 8, 26 and 27. Ever been there? Where you're lost, you're confused, you're dazed, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, you don't know where to turn. Oh, that's where this gift comes in like a mighty victory. You pray through the Holy Ghost. He prays according to the perfect will of God. Intercession is made for you and change occurs. It's also a way we worship God according to 1 Corinthians 14 too. Lastly, the gift of diverse tongues or different kinds of tongues will always be assigned to unbelievers. I don't understand that. Have you never read Acts 2? On the day of Pentecost... The Holy Spirit fell upon them, fire fell on each one, cloven tongues of fire were upon them. They began to speak in tongues they never knew. And it said to the unbelievers outside, as they magnify God, something is happening, something is different. It's time to get the answer. Peter preached and 3,000 people were saved because of this gift. 
yet we shove it aside. Yet we say, I'm not interested. Yet we say, I don't want that. Those, one note, one warning. Those who operate in the gift of tongues have got to learn to practice self-control. Because there are times in public services where you are so overwhelmed, you begin speaking in tongues, and somehow you think it's for the body when no, you're simply edifying yourself. I can tell you the number of times I've had to say, God bless you, I appreciate what God's doing in your life, but that's for you, not for us. You've got to be able to determine, is this a message being used by God, or is it just me rejoicing in Him? Who wouldn't desire this gift? The gift of interpretation of tongues. Tom, come back, please. The gift of tongues by itself does not edify the body of Christ. It edifies the individual. But when it works in combination with the gift of interpretation, it edifies the body of Christ. The whole purpose of this gift of interpretation of tongues is to build up, to encourage, to comfort the body of Jesus Christ. It's an interpretation in the language we speak from the message in tongues that we do not speak. It's not word for word. It is an interpretation, a translation, so to speak. All these gifts have been given for one reason. I'm going right back where I started. For you and I to reveal God's power to the world. Because it's through God's power that men are changed. They are not for self-grandizement. They are not for profit. They are not for reputation. They are for advancing the kingdom of God in the world. Who wouldn't desire these gifts? Heads about and eyes are closed this morning. God gives these gifts to believers to reveal His power in the world. You know, I can preach about it all day long. But if the convicting power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't do a work in somebody's life, all I've done is take 40 minutes out of your morning. But I believe right now, right where you said, Holy Spirit is convicting you, you don't understand much of what I said because you don't even know Jesus. But you know something's got to give, something's got to change in your life. Holy Spirit is here, He's been convicting you, convincing you, you need to change today. You can't live another moment the way you're living. Something's got to give. Let me tell you what He's asking you to do. He's asking you to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of the universe, the Savior of mankind, to ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to change your life. I just talked to you, described you right where you're at, across this room, from the front to the back, from left to right. That's you. Slip up the hand and say, I've got to change. I've got to have something different in my life today. I can't make it another moment the way I am. Yes, ma'am. Someone else? Slip that hand up. I'm going to pray for you this morning. God's going to touch you today. Yes, sir. Someone else? Just wait another moment. Yes, sir. Someone else? God's talking to you. This is your moment, your opportunity. Don't shove him away. Don't shut him off. Let him do a work in your life. Another, you'll join these three. 
Stand your feet with me across this room. Elders and deacons, I need you to come at this time. Miss Yale and Joales, would you come at this time? Those three of you who raised your hands, Jesus said, you need to confess me publicly before men, and I'll confess you before my Father. So I want you to come. Right now, you slipped up your hand. Come. Yeah, come on, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Don't be shy. Don't wait for anybody else. Just step in, stand up and come. Right now, the Spirit of God is going to do something in your life today. Come right now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Someone else, we're waiting for you. Yes, ma'am. Someone else, we're waiting for you. You need God to make a change in your life today. Step out and come. We're waiting for you this morning. Step out and come. Join this man right here in the center. Right here. Amen. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we're going to pray together. These individuals who have responded, Missy Allen Juallis, are going to take them to the green room in just a second. Pray with them personally. But right now, we're going to pray together. Would you do that with me? Bow your head. Begin to pray this prayer if you need change in your life today. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I ask you to forgive my sins. Come into my life. Change me today. I can't live another moment the way I am. Change me. Forgive me. Cleanse me of my sin. Make me a new person, a new creature in you today. In Jesus' name. Come on, welcome them to the family of God. Missy Ellen Joales, would you take them, please? They're going to pray with you personally. They're going to pray with you, pray for you. They're going to give you some instruction. They'll get you right back here into the service. Just follow them right here. They are. Slip up your hands so they see you. Follow them right to the green room right there. Amen. Follow them right over there. Amen. Ushers come and begin to distribute the elements of communion. Someone says, I want more than anything to be used in the gifts of God, but I don't know how. Let me tell you, access comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Access comes through Him moving in your heart and in your life. It's time for the church to stop saying, I can't. Acknowledge that you simply won't and let God do something in your life. As you're receiving the elements of communion, please serve our, our uh, elders and deacons as well. Pastor Isaiah Kelly, Pastor Yvonne, come stand right here. As you're receiving these elements, if you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit of God, God to flow through your life, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. If you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, all of them, as God determines, Holy Spirit wills, then step out and come. Bring those elements with you. Step out and come right now. Don't wait for anybody else. These folks are going to pray with you. They're going to pray for you. Secondly, if you have a need in your life, if you need healing, if you're facing a circumstance that you cannot overcome, step out and come. They're going to pray with you. They're going to pray for you. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com.